We ready for a great day today or what? Come on, are we ready for a great day today or what? I think God is going to meet us exactly where we are. Give somebody a fist bump and give them a kiss on the cheek if you know them well enough. We're doing something really exciting today, too. Not only are, is James River all together, we got West and North and Joplin and online. Actually, our church, Shoreline City, we're tuning in as well. So we're live streaming to Dallas, our North Campus, Antigua, Guatemala, everybody online at Shoreline City. I love that we all get to be together today. Uh, I, I'm at James River Church, Shoreline City. I'm at one of the best churches. The best churches, the best churches in the entire world. Pastors John and Debbie, uh, I mean, come on. Are they even real? Are they even? I am. We sit across from them at dinner last night, and I'm like, honey, can you believe these people? They have the audacity to be kind and loving and generous and authentic and just love people. They're talking to the waiter. They're talking to the folks pouring the water. And they're just pouring life and love and hope. And I left there going, I'm not even a Christian. I got to give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ after this. Give it up for Pastors John and Debbie. I honor them so much. 37 years in the ministry. Loving God, loving people. We are so inspired by them. Yes, I brought my beautiful wife with me. Uh, she makes everything better. So we were uh, hanging out uh, last night at dinner and just spending some time with Pastors John and Debbie. Yeah, you can give her a round of applause. Shoreline City, I think you're seeing her right now too. She is my fine piece of dark chocolate. God bless me with. I just love her so much. We've been married 24 years now. It has gone by incredibly fast. We've got three fantastic kids that uh, we just have, have stolen our hearts, Parker, Grayson, and Elle, and it's been a, a joy. This past year, we all made it through 2020, didn't we? We made it through now in 2021, and I know life is trying to hit us here, and I actually felt a very particular assignment today. I felt a very particular assignment for James River, for Shoreline City, for everyone who is online. You are a part of this family, no less the church than those that are sitting in buildings, and we know that God wants to meet every single one of us, and I felt, I felt an assignment that I needed to, I needed to confront and attack discouragement and distortion. Discouragement and distortion. These things that are trying to get into our heads and our hearts and whether you're married or single, whether you are an older person or a younger person, all you have to do is live a little while and discouragement and distortion will try to get in there. If you're a business owner, discouragement and distortion will try to get in there. If you're a student, if you got parents, shoot, if you got kids, discouragement and distortion will try to get in there, but we're going to leave today. We're going to leave this moment, and now that things can live on demand, who knows when someone might be watching this, but God might have you stumble on this at the right time in the year 2078, should Jesus tarry, and this is the message that you need, and God is saying, I want you to leave this moment knowing that you've got courage in your soul to be who I've called you to be and do what I've called you to do, and you'll have the clarity that you and I need to see Jesus for who he actually is. 
If you have your Bibles, go with me to, to a beautiful verse of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 57. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. It's a short verse, but a great one. It says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I wanted to have a sexy title for today, but the only word that kept coming to my mind over and over was victory. That's it. So that's the title for today's message. Just, just victory. Just victory, 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 victory. That's all that I keep hearing in my spirit. That's all I keep hearing in my head. That's all I keep hearing in my heart is victory, 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 victory in every single area of your life. Victory in your mindset. Victory in your family. Victory over your physical body. Victory in your kids. Victory at your job. Victory in your physical body. Victory everywhere you walk. There's not a place that you can go where victory does not go. Victory. 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 Victory over your shame. Victory over death. Victory over disease. Victory over fear. Victory over mental illness victory, 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 and where discouragement has tried to get in there, we're declaring today victory over every area of your life. That's what God is saying. I feel God in this place today. I feel hope rising up. Oh my goodness. Victory. You're taking notes. You're taking notes. You can jot this down. I think we've got a screen for you as well. Victory in the seen and unseen. Victory in the now and the not yet. So what you can see, we're believing for victory there. What you can't see, what I can't see, victory there too. Victory in our now and victory in the not yet. The place where we haven't even arrived, but God already is. Victory in that spot too. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, the problem with victory is it requires a battle. <laughs> I wish we could just have victory and there'd be no fight. <laughs> but in order, in order for there to be victory, you, you, you've got you to gotta have a battle. You've you got to have something that, that's coming against you, some type of fight, some type of struggle, some type of, some type of difficulty. And, and again, if you've lived for any period of time, you, you've experienced this. Some of us are in some battles right now. Some of us are in some battles with our health right now. Some of us are in some battles with our spouse right now. Some of us are in battles with our singleness, trying to beat our singleness. It's like, I need a ring immediately. Lord, get this singleness off of me. There's so many different things that can come against us. So many different things that we can be facing. And if you're eight years old, you can be facing some battles and and sometimes to an adult, that might seem insignificant, but to an eight-year-old, that might be their whole world. And, and maybe it might not just be they're being bullied at school, or maybe it might be their parents are talking about divorce, or they hear lots of arguing in the house, and this is weighing on 
It's little boy or little girl's shoulders. Some of us are in marriages right now that we don't like. It's just, we're coming up for prayer and we're asking God to work a miracle and we're getting ready to pray and fast and we're trying to do all that we know to do, but things just have not turned around and it's been one year or two years or five years and just the person is not changing. He or she is not keeping up their end of the deal. It's just, it's a battle. Some of us have some dreams to get some businesses off the ground and, and just the financing is not coming together or the team is not coming together or someone said they were going to be with you and then they decided they're not going to be with you anymore and they were a necessary component for you to get what you needed to move forward so it can be looking like everything is falling apart in front of you. In order for there to be victory, there has to be some type of conflict. Some type of battle, some type of struggle, some type of war. Go with me to the book of Colossians, if you have your Bibles. Go with me to Colossians chapter 2. We're going we're gonna to break this down today. I got, I, got, I got maybe too many verses, okay, just so you know. So if you like Bible today, you're about to get a bunch. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. It says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh... Fascinating imagery. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. Can we break down verse 15 just a little bit here, okay? Go over verse 15, again, those who have your Bibles, and I know folks don't bring their Bibles all that much anymore because we got our phones, and then you can check scores and pretend like you listen to the preacher too. I, I know how this works. Ooh, like, ooh, ooh, ooh amen, ooh, amen. <laughs> verse Verse number 15, he says, it says, having disarmed, having disarmed. So this word disarmed, this word disarmed means uh, to take off or strip off clothing. So, so I'm, you're about to get a picture here of what Jesus did to the powers and the authority. This is what Jesus did in his finished work on the cross. This is what Jesus did for me and for you. This is what Jesus did for me and for you. Did it for people in Missouri and for people in Texas and people in Guatemala and people in Africa. He did it for me and for you. What he did is he disarmed. He stripped off. He, he took the clothes off. He thoroughly renounced. He, he said, hey, I'm stripping you I'm stripping the powers and the authorities I'm stripping everyone who has who has that first rank and I'm stripping every authority every single thing that has a state of control over you and what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a public spectacle this public spectacle means uh, to cause someone to suffer public disgrace or shame you ever been uh Ever been pantsed in public? Come on, remember this? Remember this? Remember, you know, you're talking to your girl in high school, and you're like, hey, what's up, girl? You're so beautiful. And then your buddies, you know, your, 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 your teammates, they want to choose, you know, they want to mess with you. So they walk up. 
My, my son, my oldest son does this, my youngest son way too much in the house. It happens all the time. And every single time Grayson goes crazy, every time Parker does this, Parker, stop pantsing your brother. I need you to stop this. We're sitting there in the kitchen and we're just all hanging out. And all of a sudden we hear, Parker! And we look around and Grayson's. Grayson's shorts are by his ankles. There's something about it. He hates it because we don't, we're, not, we're not trying to be exposed in front of everybody. Ever been shamed? This is what Jesus did to the powers and authorities. He pants them. <laughs> Come on, this is exegesis right here. He, he, he said, hey, hey, uh, you, you've got this power, you've got this authority, you've got, you got this first rank, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a public spectacle of you, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to triumph over you. Here's what triumph means. It, it's, it's publicly exalting the victor who leads a victorious procession, and he puts the conquered on display as totally defeated. What, 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 the, what, what, what this word means is Christ comes in and he says, I am in charge and every single thing that is trying, that's been trying to hold my people captive, all the sin and all the disease and all the discouragement and all the fear and all the anxiety and all the worry and all the heaviness and all the weights and all of the lies and all the discrimination and all of the distortion, all the stuff that's been trying to hold my people back for all these years, I need you to know that I'm putting you on public display. I'm pantsing you. I'm disrobing you. I'm doing this in front of everyone. And we learn in this passage of Scripture, Christ is the victor. He's the victor. Now, now if the enemy can distort our view of then, he can distort the truth of now. Follow me here. The enemy can distort our view of what happened back then on the cross. Then he can distort the truth of now. Uh, any Kansas City Chiefs fans uh, around? Okay, we got, we, got, we got a few. We got a few. We still have Dallas Cowboy fans in... Yeah. We do. We believe in God for a miracle. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. But a couple years ago, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they were Super Bowl champions. They were Super Does anybody remember this? They were Super Bowl champions. They beat, they beat the San Francisco 49ers. They beat them. Got the, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's the man. Andy Reid. I mean, one, the NFL, those who are in other parts of the world right now, this is... Um, Basically, sports are kind of a god in America, and we are trying to dismantle this god, but we like to still watch. So, so this national this football, meaning football, throwing a football, not kicking a football like other parts of the world, this, this football team beat the San Francisco 49ers. Now, do you know, they don't know who's going to win the game. So they make hats and shirts for both the teams. So the 49ers are playing, and the Kansas City Chiefs are playing, and, and they've made hats that say Kansas City champions, 
and San Francisco champions. They've made shirts that say Kansas City champions, San Francisco champions. Well, when Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, they don't destroy all of those shirts and the hats of the 49ers. They send them somewhere. Maybe you've seen an ESPN documentary on this. They send these shirts to other parts of the world to help clothe people. So there's some parts of the world you can go to. And people are walking around with a San Francisco 49er shirt that says champions and a hat that says San Francisco champions. And these guys, they, are, they think the San Francisco 49ers won the championship. And they only think that because they got the wrong information. There are some followers of Jesus that do not understand the power and the authority of our Savior and all that he did in his death, burial, and resurrection. And because we don't quite understand it, we think that the enemy is the champion and we're wearing that hat and we're wearing that shirt in our marriages and we're wearing that hat at our jobs. We're wearing that hat and that shirt in our relationships. We're wearing that hat and that shirt everywhere we go and we think there'll be a day I'll be victorious in Jesus. Not understanding that you're actually wearing the wrong jersey. You're wearing the wrong hat. Jesus actually did for you what he did for all of humanity. You have victory in Jesus but if the enemy can distort he can twist he can confuse he can mess with if you and I can see enough prayers go unanswered the way we want them to if you and I go to enough funerals and see enough people Buried when we were hoping that they wouldn't be. If you and I carry enough discouragement. If you and I deal with enough things in this world. Maybe we'll start to wear the wrong hat. And the wrong shirt. Maybe we'll start to believe God's not all that good. Because how could he be good. If all these bad things are happening. How could he be so faithful. If all these difficulties are going on in the world, how could he be so just? And you and I slowly start taking the hats of the losing team, taking the shirt of the losing team and wearing it. We're on our way to heaven, but we're not living in victory this side of heaven because we've allowed the enemy you say, no, no, that, that's the hat and that's the shirt that you wear. This, this, word, uh, this word triumphing is, is, is important here. Okay, let me, let me, let me break this down, okay? Um, this, this word is, is really taken because the, the Bible wasn't originally written in English, okay? It was written in some other language. You got Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic. Uh, so when we're reading it in English, we're taking some words in these other languages and we're translating them so they have some meaning to the people who were hearing it originally. 
This word triumphing is an interesting one uh, because this one actually denotes and it connects with the Roman triumph celebrated by victorious generals on the return from war. So this is what would happen when a Roman general would come back from war. Number one, number one, the general entered the city on a chariot. So I want you to see Jesus on a chariot. And then when he comes into the city on this chariot, the captives and the spoils of war, they're, they're all in front of him. So everybody can know this, this general, he meant business. Then this general was also followed by his own troops on the way to the capital. And their spears many times would be adorned with laurels as they, as they all shouted the word. All, the, all of them shouted, triumph, 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 triumph. And here is the general on the chariot. Sometimes his kids and his close friends would be in the chariot with him. Sometimes there'd be a slave behind him with, with a crown over the general's head. As a general rode through town in victory. And everyone's shouting, triumph, 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 triumph. I don't want you to see your Savior as weak and anemic. I don't want you to see your Savior as wilted and worrying. I need you to see your Savior as a mighty general that's on a chariot. And he's got the captives chained to his chariot. And death, hell, and the grave do not, no longer hold authority over him. And nothing in this world holds authority over him. And you and I are shouting triumph, triumph, triumph. And so many individuals, do you guys remember when, whenever, whenever a, uh, 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 so let's go back to the Kansas City Chiefs for a second. Well, let, let's say this past year, they lost bad. They lost bad, right? That, that was terrible. It was terrible what happened. Come, come on, Chiefs. Gave Tom Brady his 48th ring, right? So here. But whenever, whenever one of these teams win the, the World Cup, the Euro Cup, uh, the NFL, uh, you, you name it, the NHL, whenever they win, there's always this massive parade. I need you to see that in Colossians chapter 2, the, the, the writer here is trying to paint the picture that what Jesus did on the cross is he created this massive parade that was happening. And you and I have to get this picture in our head whenever we're fighting and battling different things. We cannot see ourselves just in some corner or some cave. We need to see our Savior as high and lifted up. We need to see him on the the chariot that he's on. We need to see him rolling through the town and individuals shouting triumph, triumph, triumph. So this is what I need you to begin to say to each other when you are facing battles, when you see a friend that is weighed down, that is heavy laden, you remind them that their savior is on a chariot and you say to them triumph, 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 triumph. And they might be crying and their hearts might be heavy, but you are the one to keep on reminding them that their savior is no longer in the grave. Their Savior is not defeated. Their Savior is not worrying. Their Savior is not broken. Their Savior is not defeated. You need to remind them that their Savior is on a chariot. I wish I had a chariot right now and I was rolling through here with some stallions around me because this is the inheritance of the kids of God. You are part of this victory in Jesus. Go with me, go with me, go with me. I got more, I got more, I got more, I got more. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 6. 
I'm not going to talk your ear off today. Come on, we're almost done. We're almost done. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. Go with me. Oh, man, I like this. Okay. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1. Here, here's, here's what the Bible says. In the year, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Okay, uh, English majors and teachers, let's give it up for teachers once again. Huh? How can we say just thank you to every single teacher? We so appreciate you. So, uh, so English majors, you'll like this. Uh, this word train actually can have multiple meanings. Uh, train can be a verb, right? Like, I'm, I'm training you. Like, you can have a, a trainer. How many of us need a trainer in Jesus' name? God, get this back fat off of me. Uh, you, you need a trainer. You need somebody to train you. They, they teach you a skill. They teach you a behavior. That's what tra train can be a verb. Train can also be a noun. I mean, we had our kids and Thomas a train, right? I mean, Tom, it's, it's, it's a noun. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's a bunch of railroad cars. It can, be, it can be that. But it also, a train can also be that beautiful flowing piece that's behind the bride, like, like her train. And it just, it fills the whole aisle when she's walking down. Some ladies are seeing it right now. They're like, yes, Lord, let this happen in my life in Jesus' name. Let him be handsome. Let him be godly. Let him have good credit, Lord. In Jesus' name. You got this train coming behind you. This passage of scripture here in Isaiah, Isaiah 6, it's referring to the monarchs, the, the rulers in Egypt, in Egypt and in Assyria. And these individuals had elaborate thrones. Then they would have these trains as well. And what they would do after a battle, is, and they would defeat another king, uh, another general, another monarch, is they would go to that individual and they would cut his train. They would cut his robe. And they would take his robe and they would sew it onto their robe, signifying, I beat you. I defeated you. So I want you to, I want you to read Isaiah 6.1 with the understanding that, that these kings would do that in Isaiah's day. So when he says, I saw the Lord seated high and the train of his robe filled the temple. He's saying he has so many victories. He has been in so many battles and he has won so many battles and he has cut the train off of so many defeated folks that when I saw him in the temple and I was looking at him, his train was not short. 
his train was not small. The train of his robe actually filled the entire temple, signifying that he went from victory to victory to victory to victory to victory to victory to victory. victory. I'm trying to give you the right picture of your Savior. He's victory to victory to victory to victory. Man, man, I'm preaching harder than I probably need to right now. This image that Isaiah sees is actually an image of Jesus. I'm going to prove it to you from the Bible. Go with me to John. See, those who like the Bible, I'm I'm giving giving you more scripture. We got more scripture. John chapter number 12, verse number 40. I don't have time to break down this verse number 40. I have to do it another time. But, but listen, he says, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn, and I would heal them. Verse 41, Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory. And spoke about him. You see, John chapter 12, verse number 40, is an excerpt pulled from Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up in the train of his robe, filled the temple, and he goes down. You can read it later. It's powerful. It's amazing. And then he begins to speak some more. That what's what we find in John chapter 12, verse number 40, came from Isaiah chapter 6. It's all right there. And now John tells us, John tells us that Isaiah said all of that because he saw Jesus's glory and spoke about him. So when you and I go back to Isaiah 6.1 and we see the Lord high and lifted up, I want you to see Jesus high and lifted up. And I want you to see the train of his robe filling the temple. I want you to see the train of his robe filling the temple of your life. Not just some temple in some faraway place, not just even the temple of a a campus you might be sitting in, whether that's North or Joplin or Antigua or White Rock, wherever it may be. Not just, not just that place you might be sitting, not even just your home. I want you to see the, the temple. I want you to see the glory of the Lord. I want you to see the train of his robe filling the temple. Because now, in the New Testament, God's presence does not just dwell in some building somewhere. It's been changed, and now you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That is telling me that within me right now, within you 
right now when you've given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, when you've surrendered your life to serving him, within you right now is a train that keeps going and going and going and going and going and going. That's telling me that within me and within you is this train that is announcing victory after victory after victory after victory. So I walk into a boardroom and I walk into an interview not with my head down and my shoulders over and going oh excuse me please would you please just just a cup of cup of tea I don't even know what I don't even know what accent this is right now I have no idea it's not even it's the weirdest accent and I'm so hunched over right now I have no idea what this looks like to all the other campuses, okay? To me, it feels awkward. But, but this is how I feel. Some of us are going through life. Some of us are going through life. Oh, no, no, I don't need, no, no blessings for me. No, 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 not me. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. You, I, made, I made so many mistakes. No, 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 not me, not me. I just, I just want, I just need a little touch of God's grace. That's it, that's it. And Jesus is like, uh... Oh. Hey. Psst, psst. You're balling up my train. You're... I need I need my psst. I need my train to flow. I need my train. So I need you to stand. I need you to stand up. Because I need my train. To, I need my train to flow. I, I need you to give my train some space. I need you. I need you to give my train some room. To, I need you to understand who I am. It's, it's, not, it's not this world is greater than you. It's greater that it, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You need to understand that there's, there's a train of my glory. Okay, okay. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Can I, can I give? Can I give just a couple more verses? Just a couple more verses. Okay. okay. You'll be out. You'll be out in time. You'll be out in time. You'll be out in time. Okay. The train of Israel. I don't know why I'm doing train like this. I don't know. Hey. Okay. So train of his robe. It's fill, it fills the temple. Fills the temple. Fills. Fills the temple. I got victory flowing all through me. The train of his robe. I breathe in. I breathe in victory. I might be in the hospital, but I got victory still flowing through me right now. Man, I might be fighting some things. I might be fighting some old demons, but man, I got victory flowing through me right now. Pornography might be trying to attack my family, but I got victory. It's flowing through me right now. I already gave my heart to Jesus. I got victory. The train of his robe is flowing through this temple. I feel it. I know it's here. And even if I don't feel it, I believe it by faith. The train of his robe fills the temple. But Isaiah said this. He said this in the year that King Uzziah died. So he sees the glory of Jesus and the victory of Jesus in the same year that someone he cares about has passed. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. This is a short verse, an important verse. verse 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. It says, the last enemy to be destroyed is what? The last enemy to be destroyed is death. It is possible, it is possible for something to be defeated but not yet destroyed. Because sometimes we like to think, well, I thought Jesus defeated death. He did. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15 teaches us that the last enemy to be destroyed will be death. Okay, um, um, you know, you know, whenever uh, the, the, the sporting event, I'm, I'm on sporting events today. I like sports. Okay, I like, but but a sporting event. Uh, let's take a, let's take like a UFC fight, a UFC fight, and and and, and um, uh, like Conor McGregor. Uh, any of y'all ever heard of Conor McGregor? Uh, and if you haven't, fine. Okay, filthy mouth. Uh, but but his fights can be fun to watch. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, just just somebody who's who's a boxer, who's a fighter. And, and uh, but but Conor McGregor just had a fight, and uh, and at the end of the first round, he got TKO'd. It, it, it was done. The ref came in and said, uh, it, "It's finished." Herb Dean came in and was like, "It's done. It's over. It, it, it's finished." Okay, so that happens at the end. We all can watch the score at the end of the game. The Milwaukee Bucks of the NBA team, they just won the, the the championship. They just beat they just beat the Phoenix Suns, and the game is over. We can all. See that they won but after they win there's always this moment where where they all kind of come together in the middle and they kind of make the official really official they, they kind of make what happened what we all know happened they make it like really really know that it happened and what happens in a UFC fight is they'll come into the middle and the two fighters will be standing there and, and the announcer will say hey 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 I just want everybody to know in the stoppage of the first round so-and-so just beat so-and-so now we all already saw who won but they're just about to make an announcement so there is no no one has any issue understanding who the victor is Conor McGregor who just lost his last fight he was still in the ring after he lost before the announcement and he was yelling he was shouting he was cussing this is the season that you and I are living in, in humanity. The devil has already been defeated. We already saw the TKO. But a time is about to come when the, the, the heavens will part and the trumpet will sound and Bruce will get on the microphone and he's going to say something like uh, uh, this bout was stopped on the third day after the cross of Calvary. Jesus, the son of God, the king of kings, the lover of humanity, the healer of the sick, the one that brought darkness to light, the, the, the one that defeated death, hell, and the grave, and the devil, that Jesus is now uh, he is the victor he forever will be the one who reigns and you and I will stand and we already know that it happened but we'll shout and we'll dance and we'll know that victory is secure in me and in you because it's found in him I
When the perishable, you can stay standing if you stand. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm let nothing move you always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain can we at every campus shout victory at the top of our voices because that's what God has given to us I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor bow your head for just a moment in Dallas, in Missouri, online, bow your head for just a moment. If you've heard this today and you would say you're not a follower of Jesus, you have not put your, your heart in his hands. You are not following him, going his direction, doing what he asks you to do, flowing how he wants you to flow. If you would put it this way, you're in the driver's seat of your life, Jesus Christ is not. And you're saying you don't want to go your own way anymore, you want to go his way. You don't want to be first, you want him to be first. You want to turn, you want to repent, you want to get off of your own path and get on the path to serving Jesus if that's you at any location whether that's north south west white rock Antigua online wherever you are if that's you you've never given your heart and your life to Christ or you did at one point in time you slipped away and today you're ready to give your heart to him on the count of three I want you to do something simple but something bold I just want you to throw your hand in the air and say yes that's me ready one two three just throw your hand in the air you're saying yes that's me I want to give my heart and my life to Christ I want to make him first I want to make him number one I don't want to go my own way I want to go his way this is beautiful Beautiful. This is miraculous. I'm gonna ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart. Everyone under the sound of my voice, put your hand over your heart and repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.